Welcome, wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host, Brandy, and on this show, we talk about all things wrestling, from AEW to Impact to Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show, we're going to be covering AEW Dynamite from 512 and Impact from 513. So let's get this show on the road, shall we? AEW Dynamite from 512. I told you guys about the Forbidden Door being kicked open last week, and we're getting an actual match for New Japan title. It's the uh, IWGP United States Championship. Uh, Yuji Nagato versus John Moxley. This match was incredible because it got to actually showcase what Yuji what Nagato could do. This man is incredible. If you've not seen him, go to New Japan. Check him out. This man has got some incredible matches. This match was a great match. Great forbidden door kick open. Great way to showcase New Japan. Great way to give us a dream match we didn't get, don't normally get to see. So it was an incredible match. Of course, it had New Japan rules. 60 second time limit, 20 seconds outside the ring, which normally everyone knows the 20 second time limit is not normal in the U.S. It's normally a 5 second to 10 second time limit. In New Japan, it's 20 seconds. You can be outside the ring for 20 seconds before it becomes a count out. Most in the U.S. too, we only get a 20, you know, a 20 to 40 minute time limit. In New Japan, it's 60 minute time limit on matches. This was an incredible match. This match was incredible from start to finish. It was incredible. And the fact, the most interesting part was during the match, sometimes they pan out to the crowd where you can see the crowd was sitting in the crowd over by themselves was a former IWGP United States champion, Lance Archer. And he was sitting with Jake Roberts watching this match. Interesting to get to see this. Of course, you did see a lot of you know people watching this watching this match this was a match to watch this was one that everybody in every platform across wrestling world wanted to see because you actually get to see something you normally don't get to see in the united states a new japan pro wrestler actually wrestling on national united states tv great match fantastic match props to tony khan this was a great match of course john Moxley did retain his iwgp united states championship phenomenal match if you have not seen this go on social media type in yuji nagato versus john moxley on aew dynamite and watch this match it is incredible it will blow your mind what this man can do it is incredible great watch match to watch inner circle cuts a promo inner circle we have talked about inner circle so much it's it's, it's neat it's just, they're an incredible incredible faction of course, they're short two members. They're short Santana and they're short Chris Jericho. We know what happened with Chris Jericho at Blood and Guts last week. So we know exactly where Jericho is. Jericho is you know, injured. We know what's going on with him. I mean, he, threw, he was thrown off the top of the cage. What did you, I mean, you, you expected not to see Jericho. They turned around and talked about that the reason why we weren't seeing Santana is because MJF had him arrested for stabbing him in the head with a fork. What? Huh? Excuse me? This is a blood and guts match, guys. Everything's going to be used. It doesn't matter what it is. MJ, have you lost your mind? Have you hit your head to screw come loose when Jericho hits you? But, of course, they tell... Basically, Inner Circle tells the Pentacle, we want one more shot. We want a rematch. We want to face you one more time because we know we can beat you. We know we can 
fantastic promo. Anything that Sammy and them do is fantastic. When you put Jericho with it, it just is mind-blowing. Their promos are incredible. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. They're incredible promos. Incredible. Cody Rhodes. We were told last week that Cody Rhodes was going to have an announcement for Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing is on May 30th. It's the big... It's kind of like the WrestleMania for AEW. It's a huge pay-per-view. So, you know, it's... For those of you who are listening, it's on... It's going to be on BR Live and Fight TV. Go get... Go get your... You know, go get your... You know, chance to watch it. It's a really good match. A really good show. Really good... You know, some really good matches. But, of course, Cody had come out last week and said that he was going to give us his, his announcement for what he was going to do at Double or Nothing. He comes out. And he addresses Anthony Agogo. Now, for those of you who didn't watch it, or for those of you who listened to my podcast last week, I told you what Anthony Agogo did. But for those of you who didn't catch it, Anthony Agogo, after Cody beat QT Marshall last week, Anthony Agogo came out when Cody was celebrating his win and sucker punches Cody in the stomach. When Cody hits the ground, he takes the British flag and basically throws it over Cody. That's a disrespect to Cody. That is a disrespect to the United States and some of people's opinions and some people's minds. And to Cody, that was very disrespectful. Me, I thought it was a great storyline. I thought it was a great way to, you know, do this whole thing with the factory and the Nightmare family. It was an interesting storyline. Of course, he addressed Anthony Agogo and the fact that what he did was absolutely deplorable, despicable, awful, just something you shouldn't have done. I mean, you're here, you know, in the United States. You are, you know, an American, which Anthony Agogo is. He does. He has dual citizenship, so he is. And you just disrespected a wrestler, especially a veteran. Again, guys, what I told y'all in any podcast that I've talked about, veterans are what paves the way for the future generations of wrestlers. So to disrespect a veteran like Cody Rhodes, that's a bit much. That's going a little steep. Don't disrespect veterans. Just don't. Don't, 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 don't do it. Don't disrespect them because they're paving the way for a new, you know, for the new up-and-coming wrestlers. They're, they're where our new wrestlers are going to learn from is the veterans. So it, it's kind of disrespectful. But he goes on and he talks about his daughter, his beautiful daughter. I'm excited to see here, you know, see when she arrives. And, you know, he goes into the whole speech about his daughter and how he doesn't want his daughter to see her daddy as being disrespected that way. And how he's going to show his daughter what we do to people who disrespect us. That we stand up. We fight for what we believe in. We don't just take something like a bully lying down. We stand up for what we believe in. As an American, we do that. That's what we do. So he announces that it's going to be him and Anthony Agogo at Double or Nothing. But there's a catch. There is a catch, guys. A big catch. And the catch is... Anthony Agogo is not going to be facing the American Nightmare, Cody. For one night, one night only, on May 30th, Anthony Agogo is going to go one-on-one with the American Dream, Cody Rhodes. We haven't seen the American Dream since ROH in New Japan. So this is going to be big to see this. We're not going to see that dark side that Brody Lee brought out in Cody. We're going to see Cody as Co- the way Cody's always been. Come in there, beat you up, win the match, walk out. 
It's going to be interesting to see because Anthony Agogo is a great boxer and I've seen him wrestle. He's a great wrestler. He's transitioned from being a boxer to a wrestler. Fantastic. If you guys have not seen Anthony Agogo, go look him up. This man is incredible. He is incredible. So I'm interested to see. So like I said, guys, a double or nothing. It is going to be the American Dream Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Going to be an interesting, interesting match. SCU. This, of course, they have a match against the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. If they lose, they've said this from the beginning, him and Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels have said if they lose any tag team match between now and later on, that they would end SCU forever. They've made that perfectly clear. They have been on a roll winning these matches. They've been, they're undefeated, number one contenders. So they have this match against the Bucks. Same thing supplies. If they lose this match, they end their tag team forever. Forever. And on top of this, it's for the AEW tag team titles. And on top of that, it is against their best friends, the Young Bucks. So they've been traveling the world with, you know, in different promotions all this time. It makes it more difficult when you're facing someone that you consider family. It makes it very difficult when, you know, it's four wrestlers who pretty much consider themselves like brothers going against each other and you can tell that it in a little way it's bugging the bucks as much as it's bugging SCU but they're not letting it show they're showing showcasing what they can do they're you know they're doing really really good the match was great the match was fantastic the problem that I had was is they came out with as I call them the goon squad Don Callis comes out goes over and gets some commentary the good brothers come out unfair advantage for SCU because the Good Brothers being out there it's going to be a problem. There's going to be a mess, a fiasco. They're going to interfere. Granted, yes, the Bucks are heel. I get that. But still, it's an unfair advantage to SCU. SCU does great. Like I told you guys, this thing was so huge, they have met 12 times as a tag team. But they're tied in match winnings. They're tied so this is a rubber match for both teams. It's to determine who is the better tag team. Who really is going to shine. Back and forth fight. Back and forth. I mean, Bucks doing great. You know, Good Brothers interfering. SCU taking them out. Christopher Daniels doing so well. And then Christopher Daniels gets rammed into a pole. The pole on the side of the ring. When he hits, the color from Nick Jackson's face literally drains. Because the way that he hit, it caused a cut right above Christopher Daniels' eye, and I mean, he is bleeding profusely. It's bad. The color from Nick Nick's face just drained for just a second because he realized this is a legitimate injury. He, I legitimately ran him into a pole, and this happened. But Nick gets himself back in check, gets back into the ring. Frankie Kazarian is pretty much alone at this point. Christopher Daniels is out right now. Medical team's over there working on him. Frankie Kazarian's doing great against two of the Bucks. And the Good Brothers, he's doing fantastic. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Good Brothers try to interfere again. Frankie Kazarian basically does something absolutely shocking. Something that you were, were not expecting Frankie Kazarian to do. He has him like he has, you know, Nick Jackson. Like he's going to basically put him into a Tombstone Power Driver. That's what you think the movie's going for. He's turned facing the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Facing right at them. Looks at them, takes one hand, sticks it under his leg from, from Nick Jackson. Takes Nick's other arm, sticks it under his leg. 
performs a Styles clash on Nick Jackson right in front of the Good Brothers. Basically, that middle finger to them saying, Hey, <laughs> you're going to cheat. I'm going to rub the salt in the wound and use your best friend's move against you. Nice move, Frankie Kazarian. Nice move. Nice. It's that classic DX maneuver. Love it. Fantastic. Good Brothers are horrified. They can't believe he just did that. Literally, commentary is a Excalibur screaming out, Styles Clash! Styles Clash! It was absolutely incredible. I can only imagine if AJ was watching this, what AJ thought. It was incredible. It was an incredible you know, way to poke at the Good Brothers. Stay out of my business. Let us fight our match and just stay out of it or this is what's going to happen. I'm going to keep using moves against you. Well, eventually, uh, Frankie Kazarian gets tagged on Christopher Daniels because they get Christopher Daniels cleared up enough to where he can see, where he can fight. You can tell he's a little woozy, but Daniels is doing really good. He's doing a heck of a job. Back and forth between him and Frankie Kazarian. It's a great fight. I mean, it turns out to be a great fight. At one point, Frankie Kazarian is stuck on the outside. He's up on the ramp area. And again, AEW poking salt in the, you know, sticking salt in the wound, poking at the viper. They turn around because Christopher Daniels is sitting in the middle of the ring. Matt Jackson backs up against the corner. This is poking WWE. It, it, it has to be. They have to be because WWE has been poking at them on Twitter. So AEW is firing a shot back. Could we see WWE versus uh, AEW? It's looking this way, the way it's going. But Matt Jackson backs up against the corner. He starts to look like he's a little, like he's got that look of upset that he's attacking Christopher Daniels. That's what you think. But he turns around, looks at Christopher Daniels, and pulls the Shawn Michaels thing. Now, for those of you who are WWE fans, you know what thing I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, he basically, back a long time ago, Shawn Michaels had to face Ric Flair. It was Ric Flair's retiring match. Shawn Michaels pretty much... Did not want to retire Ric Flair, but he did. And he does this one part, and I'm going to tell you from what Matt does, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. He backs up and has that look of sadness in his face and starts welling up with tears. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, he's upset because he's still attacking, you know, Christopher Daniels is one of his best friends, one of his brothers. No. He basically looks at him and starts just basically doing the whole boo-hoo and goes, I'm sorry, I love you, and Sweet Chin Music's Christopher Daniels. Now that, that's what Shawn Michaels did to Ric Flair way back when. Poking the viper. I'm telling you, they are just rubbing that salt in the wound. Great, great, great move there, you know, Young Bucks. Great move. Match is great. Frankie Kazarian still stuck out on the outside. Tries to come in to save Christopher Daniels from a super kick party against, you know, Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson. Doesn't make it in in time. And the Young Bucks win. Sad. Because literally the entire arena, which is full of people, it's at half capacity. Even on the outside of the ring, for those of you who can't see it, their AEW roster is outside on the floor, outside the ring, watching these matches. They do this. They've been doing this every night since they were allowed to do it, since they were allowed to test and make sure they're okay to give, you know, AEW a crowd of some sort. 
they were out on the out, outside the ring watching these matches, and literally the entire arena goes so quiet you could hear a pin drop. Commentary doesn't say anything. You don't hear any cheering. You don't hear nothing. It just goes quiet for like a brief second. Then you see Christopher Daniels in the middle of the ring. Frankie Kazarian crawls over to him. You hear the crowd start chanting, SCU, SCU. It gets loud. I mean, even Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and JR are chanting, SCU, SCU. It gets loud. Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian helps him up. Christopher Daniels basically tells him, I'm sorry. I tried. I really, really tried. And you see Frankie Kazarian go, it's okay. You tried. You did the best you could. I get it. And literally, they hug each other in the middle of the ring. Heartbreaking. Because we knew what the stip was. If they lost, this would be the end of SCU forever. Is it? Could it be? Because of all the outside interference and all the cheating going involved, could Tony Khan throw a curveball and decide, no, 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 that wasn't a fair fight. I'm going to ban the Good Brothers from ringside. No one's going to be allowed to come out. And SCU's going to get a fair shot at the Young Bucks for the titles. Could he do that? I don't know. But as it stands right now, it's a big question mark. Is that the end of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian as a tag team? Forever? Or could we get one more round of Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels? Don't know. Interested to see how this is going to go. I'm really excited to see how this is going to go. I'm hoping this isn't the end of SCU because that was a heartbreaking loss. Heartbreaking loss. Just to prove how big of a heartbreaking loss that was, right after that match was over, Moxley and Eddie Kingston kicked the door down to the Elite's dressing room. They trash the place. Destroy the place because Kingston, the whole time you're hearing Kingston and Moxley go, that was not fair. That was not fair to SCU. They were defending Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. They were mad. You could tell. They destroyed that dressing room. De demolished it because of what happened with SCU. Shout out to Moxley and Kingston. Thank you guys for standing up for this tag team because that ending and that match was uh, just deplorable. It was an awful way to end SCU's career. It really was. Awful way to end it. But they destroyed it anyways. Christian tells everyone he has an interview and he tells everyone that he has an open contract against any member of Team Taz. Now for those of you who may be just joining the AEW podcast and you're just now, you're like, okay, what is going on with Christian and Team Taz? They've had a feud going on for a while. A big feud because Taz offered Christian a position in Team Taz and Christian turned it down. So there's been a lot of bickering back and forth between them and it's just been a big old mess. He defeated you know, Hobbs you know, Taz didn't take that too well. Neither did Ricky Starks. Neither did, you know, Hook. Neither did Brian Cage. They just didn't take it well. So there's been a feud going on between the two of them. And of course, Christian got Tony Khan to write him up an open contract to face anybody in Team Taz that he wanted to face. He also announces that he will be in the match for the Casino Battle Royale to determine who will be the next number one contender for the AEW title. Well... That don't sit too well with another person who last year debuted in the 
Casino Battle Royale match. And I'm talking about Matt Seidel. He didn't like the way that Christian just threw himself in there and was basically saying, oh, I'm going to win the whole thing. I'm going to get a shot at the AEW title. I'm going to get a shot at Kenny Omega. He just didn't like that. So Matt Seidel basically tells him, hey, I'm just letting you know, I'm in that match too. And this match is going to be different from last year. This match is going to be completely different from last year. The results are going to be different. I'm just letting you know, hey, I'm here. I'm one of the people you got to face. Be prepared for me. And oh yeah, by the way, that open contract you have, you're facing me next week. Shocker. I'm excited to see Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel. If you guys have not seen Matt Seidel, go look him up up on social media he is incredible incredible fantastic performer i love matt Seidel. go look him up this is going to be an interesting match this is the match that i'm putting in the one to watch because this is going to be an interesting match it really will be i'm excited to see it number one contenders match orange cassidy versus pack this match was a back and forth match it really was it was you know, orange cassidy fantastic wrestler Pack incredible wrestler. I was kind of interested to see how their two styles were going to mix because I mean they are two they two have two different styles of wrestling, but they work great together. I mean they really did. Orange Cassidy has really improved since he started, and I'm impressed with it. I'm thoroughly impressed with it. So I was excited to see, and it was a really good match. The problem was Kenny decided to take Pack out because he basically didn't like the way the match was going. I guess. And didn't like how things were. And so it caused a double count out. Kenny not happy with that. Kenny not happy with the fact that he caused a double count out. He wanted to face Pac. That's who he wanted to face. He didn't want to deal with Orange Cassidy. No, he didn't want to deal with Orange Cassidy at all. He wanted Orange Cassidy in his rearview mirror. He thinks Orange Cassidy is beneath him when it comes to wrestling. Well, Tony Schiavone comes over and basically tells Kenny because of his actions. Kenny even tries to blame Aubrey Edwards for this. The referee. Really, Kenny? Really? You're going to blame Aubrey? Seriously? You're the one who caused the double count out. So you just sit down. Shush. Get ready to take your medicine because Tony Schiavone comes out and tells him because of his actions, Tony Khan has now signed at Double or Nothing on May 30th. It will be a triple threat match for the AEW title, Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Now, guys, I've told you guys how I feel about triple threat matches. It never favors the champ, and it never favors, you know, whoever earned their shot. This time, I disagree with this. This time, I think that this is a well way to put Kenny Omega to the ultimate test to prove. I mean, he's a great wrestler. He's a fantastic wrestler, but this is a great way to showcase what Kenny can do, but also showcase just how good Pac and Orange Cassidy is. It's a great match. I'm really looking forward to this match at Double or Nothing. This is going to be a really good match. I'm impressed. Way to go, TK. Great, great, great. Kenny's not happy about it, but who is when you get put in a triple threat match? Who is? The Young Bucks come in with the Good Brothers and find out that their entire dressing room is trashed. They are mad. And they figure out that it is Moxley and Kingston. They're very, 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 very mad at this. And they want to face John Moxley and Kingston at double or nothing. But before they get to them, they want to face the new number one contenders, the Varsity Blondes, next week on AEW for the AEW Tag Belts. 
This is a great setup because it gives a chance for Varsity Blondes to show what they can do. They're great. I think they are. If you haven't seen them, go look them up. There, there's an actual go on YouTube. It's called AEW Dark. They run out there. They're on there a lot. Go look them up. Type in Varsity Blondes or just go to AEW Dark on YouTube and check them out. They're fantastic. They're a great tag team. I like them. So a chance to put them against the Bucks before Double or Nothing is a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. I really, really, really am. It's going to be an interesting thing. Now we go to Hangman Adam Page. He's been hanging out with the Dark Order. And I love that he's hanging out with the Dark Order. I love this. I love this storyline. I, I mean, to me, this is what Brody Lee wanted. The great, great, may he rest in peace, Brody Lee, wanted this for Page to be added to the Dark Order. And now, you know, it, it's starting to happen. We see it happening. He's hanging out with the Dark Order. It's kind of, it's kind of a fresh little thing. Page had a match a couple of weeks back against Brian Cage. Page was on a roll. He was the number one contender for the AEW title. He was on a 17 winning streak. He lost to Brian Cage a couple weeks ago. It didn't settle well with Page. And it left a sour taste in my mouth too, the way Page lost. It it, it just wasn't yeah, it wasn't right. Hook, Ricky Starks, wasn't right. So, Page basically declares he wants another match against Brian Cage. But this time, he wants it at double or nothing. I'm hoping that TK and them make this match happen. Because this is going to be a good match. I'm telling you guys, it is going to be a worthy match. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this. Now we get to the Pentacle. Of course, all of you know the Pentacle won last week at Blood and Guts. If you don't know, you know now. They won last week at Blood and Guts, but they won in a very sneaky, underhanded way by basically MJ threatening to throw Chris Jericho off the cage if he did, if they didn't surrender. Of course, Sammy's not, of course, Sammy did. Sammy Guevara surrendered. He surrendered. He wasn't gonna, you know, he wasn't gonna let him throw Jericho off the cage. Of course. MJ lied, threw him off the cage anyways, but they won very sneakily, so they decided to have a coronation to crown them the top faction in AEW. MJ comes out wearing this crown on his head like he's the king. I'm like, really? You're not King Corbin? Come on, buddy. Seriously? And he comes out in this pink suit with these beautiful ladies. I'm like, ah. Uh. Classic MJF showing off like he thinks he's big stuff. Come on, MJ. Really? Come on. Be yourself. Don't be kind of good. Just, uh, I love MJ. I'm telling you people out there in the podcast world and the wrestling world, I love MJF. I really do. This was just a bit overboard. This was a bit overboard, in my opinion. But, of course, it's classic MJF. What do you expect? But he comes out and claims that he is now the demo god. He is now the goat. Chris Jericho has been dethroned. Inner Circle has been dethroned. He goes on and on that he is the greatest of all time. And to answer Sammy Guevara's and Hager's and Ortiz's request for a rematch, he asked the crowd, should I give him a rematch? And of course the crowd cheers, yes. He goes, do you really want to see a rematch? Yes, we do. He says, no to the rematch. Tully talks about how this team is such a good team. Gives them brand new watches. You know, praises this team. and Just going on and on. Meanwhile, while Tully is talking, you hear a horn. 
honking. I mean, they're just laying on this horn. It is loud, and it just keeps going. MJ recognizes it and goes, who is blowing that horn? What is going on? You just keep hearing it. Well, you see the cart roll up. This, you know, this, it's a souped up, you know, looks like a side-by-side. Roll up, inner circle emblem on the front of it. You see Ortiz at the wheel. You see Hager over here, and you see it's got a huge trailer behind it. But Sammy's standing on top with a cannon sitting on the front. Oh, like a water cannon sitting on top of it. He's standing up in this thing, standing on it. It's like a water pump on the very top. Classic. I love it. He basically just, they're saying, oh, you're saying no to our rematch, and we're not happy what you did with or, you know, with Santana. We're not happy what you did with Jericho. MJ tells him to shut up, that no, they're not going to get a rematch. It's not going to happen. Just be quiet. Go to the back. Take your petty medicine. Swallow it and deal with it. And they're like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, all of a sudden, if you read on the side of the cart to the back that's attached to the back of the side-by-side, it says a little bit of the bubbly. Now, for those of you who don't know, Chris Jericho has wine called the little bit of the bubbly. He sells it online. You can get it at AEW, at the little bit of the bubbly.com. He sells it. It's highly popular. So to see that, you kind of get a grin on your face. Well, out pops who other than the GOAT, Chris Jericho. Happy to see him come back. Happy to see him, period. It was fantastic. He basically looks at him, Jericho does, and says, are you telling me you're not going to give us a rematch? A rematch that we deserve. I want to hear it from your lips. Do we get a rematch or not? Again, MJF says, no. Jericho looks at him one more time and goes, are you sure? That you're not going to give us a rematch. Gears start turning. What does this water pump have to do with anything? When you see a water pump, you automatically think back to WWE when the milk truck come rolling in with Stone Cold Steve Austin and he drowned the you know the entire McMahon family and the Rock in the middle of the ring. That goes into your head. That starts clicking. You see this and you're thinking. Oh, this cannot turn out good. When he says no, literally, Sammy kicks on the pump and it starts spraying the little bit of the bubbly all over the entire pentacle. Totally. It gets them all. I mean, it dra- they drown that ring. They soak them. They are, so the fans are cheering. Everybody is just loving this. It's everywhere. It's all over them. It's everywhere. MJ finally says yes to a rematch. But he throws a kink in the cog. He tells them, I'll give you a rematch. But it's a match that you guys lost last year at Double or Nothing. A stadium stampede match. What do you have to say? And if you lose this match, the stadium stampede match, you break up forever. Jericho's mind is completely racing. It's, his gears are clicking. You, I mean, if those of you who have not seen the Stadium Stampede match from last year, go to social media and look it up. It's everywhere. It was between the Elite and the Inner Circle. It was fan, and Matt Hardy. It was fantastic, guys. It was one of the best matches at Double or Nothing. It was fantastic. Go look it up. I promise you won't be disappointed. So this. This is going to be interesting. Will Jericho say yes? 
could we see the inner circle end? Or could the inner circle actually, because they've been in a stadium stampede match before, they know what's at stake. They know how to run a stadium stampede match. Could we see them win this? Could we see him actually defeat MJF? Could we see this happen? It's curious to see. It's, it's going to be interesting how this is going to work. Jericho, of course, has a brace on his arm, and his arm is all bandaged up, which means Jericho was injured when he fell from the cage. There are rumors, and it's rumors, guys. I'm not sure if it's true or not, so take this like a grain of salt. There are rumors that Jericho is going to be out for at least four to six weeks, which would mean he would not be able to participate in the Stadium Stampede match. The rumor, now guys, again, rumor is is that TK, Tony Khan, is going to allow Jericho to choose someone else to take his place in the Stadium Stampede match. The rumor is, and again, I emphasize rumor, is that Jericho is going to pick none other than Iron Mike Tyson to take his place. That would be an interesting setup because MJF has never faced Iron Mike Tyson in a ring or in any kind of match whatsoever. Could that be an advantage for the inner circle if these rumors turn out to be true? Could would that be an advantage for the inner circle? Remains to be seen. We've got a little bit of time to play with before the stadium stampede match. We still don't know if Jericho's going to say yes. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, guys, rumors. But you know how rumors run rampant on the internet. It's just a rumor, but we're going to see how this plays out. Britt does her interview. Now, for all of you guys who don't know, Britt Baker is going to face the AEW Women's Champion, Akara Shida, at Double or Nothing on May 30th. It's, Britt is fantastic. Anything Britt Baker does is incredible. And this interview was absolutely killer. It was a stellar interview. Stellar promo. Great way to set up this match. Great way to get this match, you know, get people's attention on this match. It's going to be an interesting match, but this promo was incredible. Britt, Bre Britt Baker did an incredible promo. If you have not seen it, go to social media and type it in. I promise you're not going to be disappointed. It was a great promo. Great way to set up Akara Shida versus Britt Baker. Great way to set it up. Thunder Rosa had a match against Jasmine Allure. I told you guys how much I feel, how much I feel about the women's division, and AEW is on fire with the women's division. They are just literally on fire. They're setting the standard for how women's division should all be. I mean, they're letting these women, these women are doing fantastic, and you know, main eventing. They're doing a lot. I mean, their women are really being showcased. Even in AEW Dark and AEW Elevation, they are being showcased, strongly being showcased. Even in Impact, they're being showcased. There, it's fantastic to watch. So. The match was great. The match was fantastic. Of course, Thunder Rosa did win that match. For those of you who don't know who Thunder Rosa is, Thunder Rosa is from NWA. NWA and AEW have a deal together as part of the Forbidden Door to bring their, you know, their people over and let them participate in a match. And Thunder Rosa was the NWA champion. She lost it to Serena D, but she's been doing great over in AEW. She's been doing fantastic. She's had a chance to showcase and shine. And she's had some great matches, including against Britt Baker. If you've not seen these matches, go look up Thunder Rosa on, you know, social media. You will see some incredible matches between her, Britt Baker, you know, some of the best people and the best women in the division. And she's just great. She's fantastic. 
we get on to the main event. Now, this one I told you last week I was worried about. I was seriously concerned about this one because of what happened last week at Blood and Guts with Scorpio Sky and the ego Ethan Page. Now, I told you guys last week Darby Allen was thrown down concrete stairs in the middle of a promo that, they, that the Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky were cutting. I was concerned, and so were a lot of people in the wrestling universe, as to whether Darby Allen was okay, whether he would have to forfeit his title, or if he was able to do this match. He has a match with Miro for the TNT Championship. I was seriously concerned about this match and whether this match was going to take place at all because of how serious it looked when Darby fell down the steps. Darby did was in this match. Sting did come with him. His arm was heavily taped up, so you could tell he was there was some sort of minor injury, but enough to where he was medically cleared to fight against Miro. I was concerned about this match because Miro is such a dangerous force. He is such a dominating force. It scares me to think that Miro going against Darby Allen, that Darby Allen would even stand a chance against Miro. It's not really a fair fight. And, you know, it was a great pro. I mean, Darby did a great promo before, you know, stating, you know, how he felt. And, you know, he's a, he's a heck of a TNT champion. I mean, next to the late, great Brody Lee, he has been just an incredible, phenomenal TNT champion. He's defended it every not every week, just like Brody did. You know, he stood, you know, he's, he's actually, you know, just stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the best wrestlers in AEW and done a fantastic job of being a TNT champion. TNT championship was made for Darby Allen. It really was. I mean, it really was. And he was just a great... I mean, he's one of the best next to Brody Lee. He's one of the best. This was a great match. This really was. But before the match even started, before the bell even rang, Miro, as Miro does, started attacking Darby. Before the bell even rang. The whole time the ref is trying to get Miro to go back in the ring and get the match started. This was a brutal, full-on attack. Darby Allen stood no chance against Miro at the beginning of this match. He really didn't. And it, it took forever, you know, to get this match going. You got Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page sitting up watching this match. You know, you're not quite sure where this is going to go. Incredible match. Darby gave it all he got. Miro gave it, you know, 110%. It was an incredible match. Back and forth, back and forth. Midway through the match, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky did attack Sting. We knew this was coming. It was inevitable that this was going to happen. It caused a distraction with Darby. Darby loses the TNT title to Miro. That was heartbreaking to me because Darby was such a good champion. He was such, you know, he was there every night giving it 110%. Whether he was injured, whether he was doing anything, he was one of the best TNT champions out there. If you've not seen Darby Allen, either as a regular wrestler or as the TNT champion, Google his name. Go, you know, go to social media. Look up Darby Allen. I'm telling you guys, you won't be disappointed. He's a great performer. He really is. And it broke my heart to see Darby lose it to Miro. It really did. Miro's in the ring celebrating that he won. Da 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 da. -da. In the middle of a celebration, you hear music kick off, and you're thinking, "Uh oh." Miro turns around, and what does he see? But the possible next number one contender for his TNT championship, none other than Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer. 
Archer is literally trying to get past Jake to get to Miro. He wants to tear Miro apart. Literally tear him apart. Jake is holding him back, and Jake, you know, Jake's, you know, he's, you know, Archer's a lot taller than Jake. And Jake's doing everything he can to hold Archer back because he knows if he steps out of the way, Archer's going to destroy Miro. He knows it's coming. He can't control the Murderhawk monster. He knows it, but he manages to keep Archer back. And it's kind of a great ending to AEW Dynamite because it's transitioning. Could we see Miro versus Archer? Could Archer actually accomplish what he's been trying to accomplish all along to get a title? I mean, he was in the TNT, you know, Eliminator match. He's been, you know, he's had opportunity times, ample times and shots at the AEW title. He's done a lot of stuff and... I would love to see him get a title in AEW because Archer is great. If you guys have not seen Lance Archer, go look him up. He is fantastic. And with Jake the Snake, makes him even better because the whole saying, never trust the snake, that's not not just a catchphrase. That is true. You don't know what Jake the Snake Roberts is going to do. Now, this whole thing with Darby and Sting, I think we're going to see Darby Allin and Sting team together to go after Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky to end this feud. I think this feud is going to end, and it's going to end badly for one of the teams. Lance Archer and Miro, I see this building up to a TNT Championship, possibly a double or nothing. It's a possibility that the TNT Championship could be put on the line against Lance Archer and Miro. Hoping TK does that, because that would be a great match. That would be a great match to watch. Don't know. We're going to have to wait and see where this is going to go. Now we go to Impact for 513. This is the Impact before Under Siege pay-per-view on Saturday. Number one contenders match for the knockout championship between Rosemary, she brought out Crazy Steve, and Black Taurus versus Havoc. I told you guys from the beginning this was a bad idea to put Havoc versus Rosemary. They're on the same team. They're not going to like to fight each other. They're just not. And Rosemary, she is a bad, 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 bad woman. You do not want to get on her bad side. You really don't. This match was a back and forth match. I mean, back and forth. You weren't sure which way this thing was going to go. But, of course, Havoc did win that match, which gave her a number one contendership against Deanna Parazzi. Parazzi was not happy about it. She ran in and tries to attack Havoc. But Havoc starts beating the heck out. I mean, she's wailing on her. She was not expecting Havoc to get her like that. She tries to run over around and get back in again. But, of course... Decay stops her, a.k.a. you know, Crazy Steve and Black Taurus. She was not expecting them. And then she tries to, so Susan tries to come and help her. And they get scared of Decay and Rosemary and Havoc and they back off. They're absolutely terrified of them. They're afraid to go anywhere. Now, they know Rosemary's reputation. They don't want to mess with Rosemary, so they backed off. Havoc literally turns around, and Deanna's stuck in the middle of the ring, and Havoc just hits her with a tombstone power driver, leaving her in the middle of the ring. Susan and Kimberly are in shock. They don't know what the heck just happened. Rosemary's doing her little clap. She's so excited, you know, happy, you know, ha, 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 we got one up on you. It was an amazing match. It was a great match, great way to set up Havoc to face Deanna at Under Siege. So I'm kind of interested to see where this is going to go. Could Havoc take the knockout title away from her? Could we see that? I'm kind of hoping that, but we won't know, you know, like I said, until Saturday, so it's going to be an interesting setup. Don, Kenny, and the Good Brothers cut a promo about David Finley. David freaking Finley. That's pretty much that right there. They're mad because David, they, of course, 
Carl Anderson has to face David Finley later on in the night. And Kenny's not happy about him having to face one half of Finjuice. He's just not happy about it. He's not happy about Eddie Edwards helping them either. He's having a big problem with Eddie Edwards and getting involved in their mess. And he's just basically trying to coach Carl Anderson on what he needs to do to take out Finley. What he needs to do to end Finley quick and get the match over with. Interesting. Interesting setup. Kind of interesting to see where this match is going to go. We'll see. X Division Scramble. Pete Williams versus Ace Austin versus AC Romero versus El Fantasmo versus TJP versus Raju. This match was interesting because you have a member of the Bullet Club involved in this match. For those of you who don't know who the Bullet Club is, go look it up on social media. They are a serious threat in New Japan. Their leader is none other than Switchblade Jay White. He is <laughs> dangerous. You do not want to get on Switchblade's bad side. And El Fantasmo is part of the Bullet Club. He made his debut on Impact, which kind of leads to everyone. And this is just my belief. I could be completely wrong. Leading to the possibility of us seeing Jay White at some point in Impact and AEW. It's a possibility. You know, you send one goon in to see how he'll do. If it works, then you come in and blindside. We're, it's interesting to see how this is going to go. Not quite sure how this is going to go. But the match was great. Great, great, great scramble. Back and forth, back and forth. You weren't sure TJ was going to get it. You know, Raju doing a really good job. It was a great match. In the end, shocker. El Fantasmo wins that match. After he wins the match, he finds out at Under Siege, he gets a shot at the X Division title against Josh Alexander. Happy for you, El Fantasmo. Bring that title back to the Bullet Club. It gets to New Japan. It's gone. It's over. You're not getting that title back. Excited. El Fantasmo's excited. Way to go, Impact, for setting that one up. Susan and Kimberly get a shot at Under Siege against Tennille and Taylor Wilde. Tennille Dashwood has been helping Taylor Wilde out, even though Taylor Wilde said she didn't need the help. I like this setup with Taylor Wilde and Tennille because Tennille's the type of person she does not like women getting looked over. She doesn't like women in the division getting, you know, pushed aside, especially by two little bullies who seem to think that they could just run the show. And I'm talking about Susan and Kimberly. This is going to be an interesting match at Under Siege. I'm kind of excited to see where this is going to go. I'm looking forward to where this one's going to go. I'm hoping that, you know, Tennille and Taylor can, you know, form some form of bond together and work together as a tag team and take out this threat once and for all so they can move on. I'm interested to see. The losers of the X Division scramble, of course, are making bets against the tag team champs, saying that so this person could win, this person could win, Blah, blah, blah. TJ and PD Williams basically get into an altercation with someone else. With Aussie, with all uh, Romaro and Raju. And it gets into a big old mess. Of course, they walk away. They're just not into this. They just don't really care. Sammy Deagle versus Willie Mack. Now, for those of you who have not seen Willie Mack, Willie Mack is fantastic. He is incredible. He is a great wrestler. He's a great performer. He's great on the mic. Go look him up. Willie Mack is fantastic. Sammy Beagle is good, too. He's really good. I mean, he's really, really, really good. Match was a great match. Clash of the Titans. Really good match. 
Of course, Willie Mac did win that match. But then after when he's in the match celebrating, W. Morrissey attacks him after the match, taking him out. Setting up a possible feud between Willie Mac and W. Morrissey. I like this. I like where Impact Creative is going with this. This looks like this could be a really good feud that could go for a while. I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. Of course, then you have the interview with David Finley. Finley basically tells uh, the interviewer that the Good Brothers are cowards. That they hide behind Kenny Omega. That they don't want to stand up for themselves and show what they can do, you know. And that he's going to prove tonight that he is the best professional wrestler in the division right now. Eddie Edwards and Juice Robinson are standing there with him. Eddie basically says... Kenny was the difference maker in last week's match. Kenny did interfere in that match and almost cost, you know, Juice Robinson the match. It was a big old mess. All of you saw it. You know what? Well, if you didn't, you heard it on my podcast. It was a big old mess. So basically, he tells them, we have a Kenny of our own. And holds up a kendo stick. On that kendo stick, written in black Sharpie, it says, Kenny. He's not playing. Eddie Edwards is not playing. Kenny Omega is not going to be the deciding factor in David Finley's fight. It's not going to happen here. It's going to be a fair fight, and, and Eddie Edwards is going to make sure it is. With that kendo stick, he's going to make sure it is. Of course, then you've got the next episode of All About Me with Tennille Dashwood. Taylor enters and tells Tennille, I, we're not friends. I don't consider you a friend. I don't know why you're helping me. I don't need your help. Blah, 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 blah. Tennille tells her, I'm all about trying to help people, you know, people who are getting pushed around by bullies. I'm all about helping the women's division. You know, that's what I'm here to do, and I feel that you, you know, you deserve a chance to, you know, shine just like the rest of us do. And she says, but, of course, Tennille sitting there, and Taylor tells her, we'll be friends and tag team partners for one night just to take out Susan and Kimberly. And that's it. No more after that. No more, you know, you coming out to help me in my matches. No more of Caleb coming out and helping me in my matches. After this match, we go our separate ways. That's what we do. I appreciate the help. Thank you for helping me. I'm done. It's going to be an interesting match. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. It really is. Next, we have Carl Anderson of the of the Elite versus David Finley with Juice Roberts and Eddie Edwards coming out. This match, this match, guys, was incredible incredible this was the match to me the best match of the night so far because for those of you who have not seen david finley go watch him in new japan he's good but since he's been an impact david finley has just he's blowing my mind where was this david finley in new japan why haven't we seen this david finley this david finley is just like amazing incredible he's all over the place back and forth back and forth you aren't sure die i mean it was just a big old mess well of course kenny tried to interfere again kenny tried to interfere this time david finley was not having it kenny gets is outside the ring trying to get involved you know doing all this stuff standing up on the ring apron david finley wasn't having it finley takes a running shot from across the ring takes runs all the way across spears guys i emphasize spears kenny omega and don callus spears them drops them to the floor i swore he knocked don callus out 
Where was this David Finley? We've never seen this David Finley. It was incredible. Jay White would have even been impressed. This was incredible. Classic. Classic. Classic match. Classic all the way around. David Finley beats Carl Anderson. He avoids a magic killer. He avoids, avoids all these finishers and manages to get Carl Anderson to tap out. Ha! Carl Anderson tapped out to David freaking Finlay from New Japan. Whoa, mind-blowing. This was a great match, guys. If you have not, not seen this match, if you get on social media, I can guarantee you there are clips from this match. I am so proud of the way David Finlay has improved since he came to Impact. Incredible. Props to him. Incredible. Incredible match. Of course, then, Chris, Chris, I'm talking about Chris Sabian, he feels kind of guilty because he wasn't at ringside for James Storm's match. And he's kind of trying to tell James Storm how he feels. He says, I mean, he feels bad. He wishes he'd been there to help him out with Moose. Ain't no helping him out with Moose. Moose is a lethal killing machine. You cannot take Moose lightly. You cannot brush him off. This man is dangerous. Dangerous. He's mad at Moose for the actions toward his partner. And he makes it perfectly clear how he feels about what Moose did. And he's not happy. He's not happy at all. He's just not happy. You can tell he's not happy. But it's an interesting little promo. I'm not quite sure what this is going to say. I would set it up too. But it's going to be an interesting promo. I mean, it really was. Then you have Brian Myers versus Crazy Steve. Of course, Takei's out there with him. That match was another incredible match. Fantastic match. Of course, as I told you guys, Rosemary's been kind of playing with Brian Myers. With the whole, you know, everything she's been doing. She's been toying with him, which that's what Rosemary does. She toys with, you know, the people she's with. She likes to play with her toys. And it's very interesting to see where this is going. Of course, Brian Myers, great match. He did win that match. But after the match, Black Taurus attacks him. I mean, attacks him. Out of nowhere, Taurus, that Taurus appeared out of thin air. Poof. There he is. Attacks Brian Myers. Leaves Brian Myers laying out in the middle of the ring. And, of course, Rosemary leaves her little calling card on him again and walks off. Interesting to see how this match, you know, where this is going to go. It's going to be an interesting match. It's really going to be an interesting match and to see where this goes. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. I'm interested to see. Don Callis talks about Impact being ran by inmates. Don Callis. Don Callis. For those of you who don't know, Don Callis is the executive vice president of Impact. And he's been running around with Kenny Omega. Back and forth between Impact and AEW. Back and forth, back and forth. He's just really been interfering in Kenny's matches. He's been interfering in other Impact matches. He's been doing a lot of nasty, dirty things that a lot of people I know are not going to be impressed with and aren't going to be happy with. Now he's claiming that Impact is ran by inmates. We know dang well that's not going to set with the president of Impact talking about Scott Demore. He doesn't like when people, any of his execs, go running their mouth about his company. He has a big problem with it. Then, of course, the general manager, Scott Demore, does come out. And he basically tells Don, look, you need to be more productive. You need to be more retroactive with this group. You need to be more involved with the Impact Wrestlers and stop playing around like you're a two-year-old or a child playing with a toy. You need to be more focused on Impact and stop playing around on AEW and everywhere else. You have to make a choice. Here's the ding, ding, ding. This choice is serious. He says, and he tells him, you, what you did with Moose last week was deplorable. 
It was deplorable. No vice president of a company should do what you did. It was deplorable. It was despicable. I've had it. I can't take it anymore. You, he gives him an ultimatum. You have a choice. Your choice is stick with Kenny or be an impact exec. Which is it going to be? Basically what he's telling him, for those of you who don't understand what he's giving him, this is basically an ultimatum. He's pretty much throwing something in, in Don Callis' lap, and Don is backed into a corner that he's going to have to make a choice, and it's not going to be a good one. If he sticks with Kenny, he has to say goodbye to the Impact exec. He has to say goodbye to Impact forever. He's stuck with Kenny Omega. Wherever Kenny goes, whatever Kenny does, he will just be Kenny's manager. He will no longer have any control or any say-so in Impact whatsoever. Now, if he decides to be an Impact exec, that means he forfeits being around Kenny. He can no longer follow Kenny around. He can no longer come to AEW and do commentary. He can no longer be at Kenny's side. He can't help the Good Brothers. He can't help the Bucks. He has to stay in the back like Scott Demore does and help the rest of Impact. This is a tough to choice. This is a tough decision. In my opinion, I like what Scott Demore and Tony Khan are doing. This, to me, is fair because Don Callis has been running amok on both shows and making a mockery of both shows. It's time for Don to face up, face the facts, and realize you have to be either one or the other. You can't be both. I'm interested to see what Don's going to do. I'm interested to see the choice Don's going to make. What he's going to do. What the choice is going to be. I mean, you in the wrestling world are probably just as interested. You may have a different opinion than I do. Tell me on social media what you think. I love your opinions. But I think this is a good decision. This is going to be interesting to see what Don chooses to do. What his choice is going to be. Is he going to side with Kenny and just become Kenny's manager? Or is he going to say goodbye to Kenny, the Bucks, and Good Brothers and stay with Impact? Which is he going to do? I'm interested to see how this is going to turn out. This is going to be an interesting decision and a tough decision for Don to make. A very tough decision for Don to make. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Guys, I, I really appreciate you guys listening. I can't thank you guys enough for listening to this. Keep, keep listening. Keep, you know, keep, keep paying attention. Give me your shout-outs. Tell me what you think. Let me know. Get on my social media and give me a shout-out. Tell your friends about In the Ring with Brandy. Get them listening. Come on, let's get this get this thing started. I'm really thankful for every single one of you for listening. Remember, follow me on social media, on my Facebook. Give me a shout-out on Twitter at Wrestle, Wrestling Nights, Nights Ending with a Z. Go to my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy and give me a shout-out. Tell me what you think. I'm looking forward to your opinions. I'm looking forward to what you think on everything that I talk about in every, you know, platform. I want to hear whether it's WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, NXT, NXT UK, New Japan Pro Wrestling, whatever it is, I want to hear you guys' comments. I want to know what you guys think. You guys are the reason this show runs. I want to hear your thoughts. Again, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Give, you know, give me a shout-out. Tell your friends. Get this thing started. Let's get this to be, you know, huge. Let's make this a global thing. Make, you know, thank you guys so much. I appreciate every single one of you that listen every single day. I appreciate it. Again, don't forget, give me a shout-out on social media. Once again, on Facebook, on Twitter, at Wrestling Nights. Nights ending with a Z, or on Instagram with In the Ring with Brandy. And we'll see you next time, guys, with more wrestling action. Have a good night, and thank you for listening.